Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Wolverine. And one Wolverine. Drill Claw. <laughs> 40 minutes of laughing. <laughs> one weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Ravi Dormich, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You hope for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 157. It was the Drill Claw. That, was, that got me. Yeah. You had, you had to say Drill Claw. Drill Claw's good. I mean, it's not bad. I, I never understood that he was saying Tornado Claw. I thought he was saying, I don't need a pal. <laughs> so he's a loner, right? I mean, Don't yeah. need a pal. <laughs> <laughs> Literally thought that for years. Is it really any worse than the shit people thought Ken and Ryu were saying? In battle, that's what Wolverine says. He's yeah, he's, a, he's like, I'm a loner, pub. <laughs> don't, don't need, need a pal. A- in the heat of battle, Wolverine can love Bloom on the battlefield. <laughs> throwing, him, throwing himself. He's Magneto throwing himself at Magneto. I don't need a pal. <laughs> and like Jubilee's just hanging out. She's like, oh, okay, all right, Let's see how it is. <laughs> Fuck you too, Wolverine. I mean, come on, I'm right here. I mean, I know I only throw fireworks, but come on. Oh. <sighs> Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back. It's been a, it's been a, we've had a, a quite a substantial break. I'm now in Canada coming to you live from, not live, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. It's a, it's a kind of live. We are alive. We are live while we're recording. Yes. Uh, we got uh, a lot of comic books to talk about. We, we're going to be discussing New Frontier by Darwin Cook. Cook. Uh, I can't talk. Darwin Cook, the late great. Rest in peace, mm. Darwin Cook. Rest in power. Rest in power. Rest in power. Uh, talking about that, uh, we got lots of, they got weeks of stuff to talk about checking in, but first, we have some comic books that have come out. Well, these are not all new. Some of these are a couple weeks old, but I thought we'd at least look at uh, a selection. But, uh, what, you want to get, want to get right to it, Eric, there? Rur, rur. Yeah, we could, uh, you know, do some navel gazing for a while. Now let's do it. Okay, good. It is time for weekly floppies. <laughs> Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will uh, talk about a selection of this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five, depending if we're feeling particularly mushy about any particular comic book. I've also included a couple comic books that were uh, from the past. The three of these books are from this week. Uh, a couple of the first two are from previous weeks, just because they seemed I, I, either interesting or you know relevant. We could talk about them. First of them is. The Black Monday Murders. That, should I, is that you think that's the right way to say that? Uh, yeah, probably okay, so. Good. Uh, written by John Hickman, art by Tom Coker, colors by Michael Garland, letters by Russ Wooten. A, I didn't know. I had no idea what this comic was before I read mm-hmm. it. I uh, it was written by Jonathan Hickman. It's an independent book. It's called The Black Monday Murders. It has a weird ass dark cover with like it looks like seven. This comic book looks like seven a little bit. Looks like a David Fincher movie with all the like the blot out blotted out words and like the weird 
ink squiggles like a, and like a nine inch nails album. That well, yeah, they're yes, also that seven did, was a nine inch nails album. It maybe that's why I liked yeah seven a lot. Um, yeah, but it is uh it it certainly feels to me like a, a lot of the independent Jonathan Hickman stuff, but. I don't know. It, I really like this. I can say that. It's a strange thing. It is definitely has like, Jonathan Hickman is like Neil Stevenson in a way, mm. where he just is like, I have this world, and it's filled with weird wor- words and vocabulary and terminology, and you don't know what that is. But I'm yeah. just, just going to use it, and you'll probably figure it out, maybe. I think I, I think I get you there that this is, it's, it's, Kind of like how, uh, oh, what is it? One of my favorite books ever, Anthem, starts. That yeah. It's like, well, first, read 80 pages of the dictionary. And after you do that... <laughs> you'll still be confused. You'll, you'll still be confused. Just keep going, and eventually <laughs> you'll pick up the you'll, gist of it. You'll, you'll, you'll get some legs eventually, yeah. It, I really enjoy this book. Yeah. Like, way more than I thought I was going to. Like, it's about, like, weird conspiracies, and it feels like it feels like the wicked and divine but about bankers yeah you're yeah there's certainly like that like a legacy of like power and weird idols and mm-hmm. just kind of like and they continue on through the years and it's like it's like that with a very like a true crime kind of vibe as well it reminded me of some like brubaker and phillips books like uh fatal in particular um just because of the weird intersection of like the supernatural and like death but you get a glimpse at the great depression and then it cuts right to modern time and it's like it is following like stock market traders financial they don't we don't really have any idea what they have these weird archaic titles these 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 people and at some point they merged with uh Russians i guess uh, is that that's what i at least gleaned from it and th- these there's these families involved and they pass down the power from generation to generation and then it's a weird strange thing i'm not entirely sure what's happening yeah i don't have a a, a goddamn clue but it's um it's compelling it's yes, interesting that's i the- i like i I mean, I'm, I find it compelling and weird all up until the part, until they introduce, uh, the detective. With, when he throws the bones? Yeah. Yeah, he, I was. He, he really hooks me. You didn't like him? I, 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 after, at the end of the comic book, yes, I really do like him. Mm-hmm. I was, when that moment where he just throws bones out and does like a voodoo style reading of bones, I was like, oh, black detective with voodoo stuff? Uh, really? I'm like, I was not sure if that was, I didn't know where that was going to go. Uh, but he's very interesting. He, the way he talks to the other detectives, that, that little scene there made me mm-hmm. really like him. He's like, oh, yeah. you guys are terrible. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you're like, you're bad at your job. Uh, yeah, he's really good. I, I want to know, I don't know what's happening. All the, like, there's a lot of mystery in this, but I want to know what all that is. I, I'm really interested. I'm going to be reading this book. Mm-hmm. Do you like the art? Yeah, um, I do. The thing about it that bothers me, and it, this may not be the case, but it, it I want to say that this has a lot of meticulous 
reference taken for it. Like this artist hired photographers and set up some scenes and did all this stuff. And as a result, it's made everything look a little samey and a little boring. And he's tried to overcompensate it with a lot of nice mark making and high energy sort of brush strokey stuff and spatter and texture. And there's some stuff in here that looks straight up traced, you know, from uh, SketchUp and photographs and stuff. And it's a little weird to me. Like, it's not bad and it's not ugly, but I just find, I find when an artist is not prepared to take risks and really try and imagine a scene without, like, extensive, extensive reference, it just, it doesn't feel as dynamic or interesting. It feels like, you know, I'm working against a deadline. This is a, a thing where I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then I put it out. And it, it feels like there's a little bit less love in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand. I, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't notice any of that. No, and I think a lot of people don't. But it's a thing that a lot of uh, the comic artists that I I communicate with on social media, you know, they complain about it. They're like, it's too much. It's too much poser. It's too much Google SketchUp. It's too much direct drawing from from photo reference. It's it's. Um, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, and I don't want to say that this person doesn't have something to offer beyond that. Because these, you know, these faces and the the panel, like, it looks nice, but it also looks like, almost, it almost looks like the Prismacolor app was run on some photographs. And I think, as artists, we have to push beyond that. You know, this is not that different from the photorealistic stuff that was being done, you know, 15 years ago. And I don't know. I don't. It just gets boring really easy. And I I don't want this to be boring. I guess like it's it's a little bit different than. Um, uh, uh, Sheriff of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally similar things going on feels a little drier, you know, and I don't know what it is. It's the noir shadows or. I don't know. It's tough for me to say. I will say that I didn't. I I like it. I feel like it suits the book very well. Um, it is not a book really precipitated on. Precipitated. That's not a word. <laughs> predicated. Predicated. I'm an idiot. Predicated on action. You know, it is very much like Hickman. <laughs> lots of words. Uh, <laughs> look at these people say words. Um, I'm curious if the artist or if it was Hickman himself who did all these like pages where there's like diagrams and mm-hmm. cuz I know Hickman has historically done those in pretty much every book. He loves those things. Those are in the he even had them in the, his Avengers books. Like, he likes yeah. to draw like, he likes to draw arcane symbols. Yeah, rings, like yeah, exactly. And uh summon Satan. <laughs> yes. Uh I I imagine they don't specify if he did them or not, but I imagine he did because he always has done those in all his even his previous indie books. Um I'm a buy on this. I'm I'm on board. I want to read more. I think that's a sensible way to go. You should you should. <laughs> so it's it's stock market jokes. Buy buy. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Uh, double buy on the Black Monday murders. Number one. Next up is All Star Batman. Number one. 
Uh, see, script by Scott Snyder, pencils, John Romita Jr., Danny Meeky on inks, Dean White, colors, Steve Wands, letters. There's a backup story that is by Snyder and Declan Shalvey, I believe, with Jordi Belair coloring, because she always colors. Strip panel naked did a thing on that one. Um, what do you, okay, we, we, I mean, it wasn't just now, but we very recently have read the entirety of Snyder's Batman run. Mm-hmm. We were kind of meh for the most part, I think. Yeah. We enjoyed year zero or zero year or whatever combination of words you want to put those in. Uh, but the rest we are kind of cold on. This is the, uh, DC's like, uh, we, we want Snyder not, we don't, we always want a Batman Snyder book, I guess. Yeah. Cause it's, it's sold <laughs> the bajillion copies. So even if he's not writing the main, you know, adjectiveless Batman story, we still want him on a Batman book. And now he mm-hmm. gets this one with John Romita Jr. So uh, he's doing Batman and Tom King's doing double Batman. Double, yeah, exactly. No, I think this is double Batman. Is it double Batman? No, well, because no, the I other guess one comes out twice that's, a month. No, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. That should be double Batman because that is, it that's is literally double. It Batman. is double the Batman. Yeah. Um, I I guess this is going to be road trip Batman. Mm. Road trip undercover Batman. I don't mind that. I think like starting to Snyder's like I think his his gimmicks, his brushstrokes are showing too much that he's relying on like doing weird different things with with <clears throat> the villains like you know two-face putting a bounty on batman and batman like oh here's awesome batman with an awesome chainsaw here's batman on a motorcycle i don't know these things are not fundamentally bad but i i, I don't know this is a fun enough comic i just i'd rather see less of stuff like this and focus more on like Duke Thomas is cool as shit. Yeah. And I'm glad he's in this. Yeah. And I'd like to see focus on that. I'm and I don't mind this whole storyline. Are you dying? I'm fine. I was just saying Are you something. are I'm... you are you slowly transforming into a cat? No, and I'm coughing up hairballs. No, I'm I'm fine. I was going to say that I actually enjoyed the backup story more. I like the backup story. I want more as well. of that more than I actually I mean I, you're right. This is a fine Batman story. Uh I mm-hmm. I think we've touched on this on every single John Romita Jr. book we've read. I grew up with him as a <clears throat> ever present artist on all my favorite books as a child. And so he's I don't know, I I have a soft spot for his work. Um I agree with you that Snyder, like this blueprint is kind of just there Mm -hmm. and I can see the road that's being for a road trip comic book. That's it's very, very much feels like I can just see it happening in front of me. The Weird buddy, buddy, uh, buddy movie here. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be literally Tommy boy with Batman and uh, two face, two face. Okay. And (laughs) I just to make sure I read this correctly. Because it's a thing that stood out to me the most. Mm-hmm. Alfred was the one who targeted, brought down the, the bat plane. Yeah, that's I, I had to reread that. And I'm like, why is he crying? What happened? And I'm like, okay, that thing. And then I, I, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me what the hell was going on. And I had to go back and piece that together. Yeah. But yes, Alfred and it's that's so stupid. I, I know one... I have a feeling it's just going to be at the end. It's going to be, oh, Alfred knew something that Batman didn't. And so he 
it was actually, you know, a, a good reason. I don't think that Alfred betrayed Batman. It, it, I don't know. It feels like that. It's just such a strange thing out of left field that it, it automatically brings me to the conclusion that, oh, there must be something we don't know. Like, and it, I like, I, it's hard. Like, that's just such an abrupt thing for Alfred to be doing. Oh, you sent me a picture. I did send you a picture. Two faces, evil offer. That's some straight up Batman sixty six shit. <laughs> That's that it, that literally says Two Faces evil offer. It does. You're right. That, uh, good good job, guys. I'm 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 a buy. I don't know. It just feels very. It, I'm I'm a like a buy Mushmeter one. I'll say that. You know, it's a good comic. These are all very. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. It just mm-hmm. it feels like it could be simpler. That's I think I'm gonna yeah. harp on that a little bit this week. But it this. The- you could the, just the, do this without all this setup. Well, the whole first half of this issue is kind of a stupid mess. Like, the way that it's told in all these flashbacks is just so dumb and clumsy. I really don't like it. Um, I guess I agree with you. I hadn't thought about how much mush I want to put in there. But I do think that it kind of requires a little bit. So I'm, I, I'll, I think I'll, I can go as far as two okay. on my own personal mush meter. I would go higher, except uh, this Two-Face is clearly uh, Jesse from Preacher. <laughs> and that, that get, that, that's some points. I, I, I like that. Yeah, I, it, I mean, I, if I can think of a road trip comic, mm-hmm. Preacher is the one I think of. Yeah, that's true. So if they, I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. Like, hey, something... And I could see that. That wouldn't be bad. Two Face has a voice. I yeah, he does. He's got a voice. It's kind of yeah. It's the it's not the guy from Night Court. I don't know. Harvey Dent's the guy from Night Court. Okay. He was in the animated series at least. Okay, that's lost on me. But that's that's okay. It's okay, bro. It is okay. That is a double buy on All Star Batman number one. Mush meter of one point five. One and a half. Our next comic is Blue Beetle Rebirth, number one. Oh, <laughs> Eric's eyes. Brought to you by Story. Let's see. Story by Keith Giffen and Scott Collins. Uh, Keith Giffen on with the script. Collins art and cover. Romulo, I hope that sigh was subtle. Ah, sorry. Uh, Romulo Ugh. Fajardo Jr. on colors. Josh Reed on letters. I thought you were just going to not credit them. I didn't. I This font is nigh unreadable. <laughs> Sounds like the letterist's fault. I don't know. It's I don't understand why you just would not have that be okay. Um, any history? I wonder, with... I, I I was gonna say I literally wonder if it is a different person that does it. I don't know. Like if the letterist just does the bubbles and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. And some other designer puts in the credits. That would be really interesting because it is in a lot of these books terrible. It looks awful. Anyway. Do you Carry have, on and ask me your question. I was going to say, do you have any history with the Blue Beetle? You've read any previous, pre-New 52 Blue Beetle? Uh, no. I read The Death of Superman, where he got his ass whooped. <laughs> I know a lot of people really love Blue Beetle. They do, yes. That's I. That's the thing. Him and Bo- Booster Gold had, you know, they had a, you know, a bromance. And everyone, everyone has fond memories of it. Um, I've meant to go back and read those comics and never have. Um... I don't know. This comic, there's some things in it that I like. Mm-hmm. 
And then, but a, a lot of it I don't like. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's like there's some core of it that's good. You know, there's things about it I like. There's the the whole idea of the two blue beetles that I think is endearing. And the, I assume it's Jaime, Jaime Reyes, Reyes, I don't know. I don't, I, I just went with Jamie because it's an American comic book and why would you ever have things pronounced non-Americanly? It's true. It's very true. There's a lot of things that's just really tropey and clunky as shit too that I just, I don't know. Uh, it, that it, I, I don't appreciate. And... I, yeah, there's a, I wish it was, like I mentioned in the in All-Star Batman, I wish it was simpler. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of just, like, setup, and I, it's... A... The, all, the, all the setup at the beginning, you don't need it. Everything in there, you can tell in one page. I mean, it's a kid. Do you really need three pages of him talking to his friends about dumb shit? Spoiler alert, no. Yeah, especially with this being a rebirth issue. You want to get cut to the chase. You, if you want to set up backstory on, hey, these are his friends and we're going to see a lot of them, so it's important to introduce them. Or, you know, we want to know his life where he, like, he lives in a, he's just this, like a suburban kid somewhere. And then we, or, but this is a rebirth issue. I don't think, it, theoretically, it's not, it's a number one. That's going to be isolated. There's going to be another number one. There's going to be a Blue Beetle, just regular number one. I My idea when I'm reading these Rebirth books is like, I want to just a immediate vision of the status quo and what the plot moving forward is going to be. I don't need their entire, pl- the entire cast of the comic book in front of me. I think the, 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 the core that I think I'm liking is I like the, the, the word, the, the wordplay between uh, Reyes and Cord. I like, you know, the, the, this, this billionaire guy mm-hmm. who wants to think, like, wants the kid to think he's cool and hip. And he, and like, they have like a very much like, uh, adversarial, but not like, you know, they make fun of each other, but you know, they're at, at the same goal at the end of the day. Like the, the suit is itself its own force. But then I would like more of that. But then we get, you know, several pages of these kids who are, don't, I don't not, not much. They don't do anything. They're just like bickering. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah, it's, teenagers it's really, do do that. That I don't. It's not oh, yeah. doesn't contribute to my. Enjoyment. It's really trite. I I mean, every character in that beginning sequence is there for no reason. It's not compelling or interesting. It is dead wood to the story. Like I would have liked to see more about the relationship between for, between Jamie and Ted Cord. Like I wanted. That's that's the thing I wanted. I want to mm-hmm. know. I want to know why they're connected. And like, if you want to fill in backstory, do that. That's the thing I, I'd need to know. Not who are these, the, Hey, he's a teenager. So he hangs out with other teenagers. Yeah, I got it. You don't need to tell me that, but I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of promise here and I would not be averse to like reading the core blue beetle book. Maybe they could focus in on that. I'm like a mushy by probably like a four. I think the biggest problem this book has is whenever, a magical girl is running off and she's late to school. She mm-hmm. has to have a piece of toast in her mouth and Blue Beetle does not. Oh, no. There's no toast in his mouth. He's going to, I mean, where's he going to get his nutrition from? Cafeteria? Yeah, that's, he doesn't have breakfast. Car- cardboard pizza. It's, that's the most important meal of the day. You can get breakfast at the cafeteria. You could have mine. I guess. It's not, It that doesn't work, though. I do like, I, I like the idea of, 
of Blue Beetle being a magical girl. I like that better than this comic book. <laughs> Where do you stand, Eric? It's, I mean, it's not wretched, but it's like, it's clumsy and like I want it to be better and it's not better. And that kind of irritates me. Um, honestly, I could go as high as four on a mush meter, but it's not so wretched that if you're, if you're really hard up and you, uh, you like the blue beetle, it's could, it could be terrible. I mean, maybe this is, you know, hashtag not my blue beetle for you. I don't know that. So I would go as high as four. It's the kind of thing maybe you could pass on it. So that's a double buy on Blue, Blue Beetle Rebirth, number one, Mushmeter of four. Our next book of the week, here, I'll sigh, <laughs> is Deathstroke Rebirth, number one. Uh, they just have, they just put Story Priest. His, 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 does he just go, he's Christopher, it's Christopher Priest. Does he just go by Priest now? Is that a thing? I don't, okay. It's the story priest. Story? Oh, God. The, the, the story, story priest, priest needs to go back to seminary. Uh, pencils by Carlo Pagalayan. Inks, Jason Paz. Color, Jeremy Cox. Letters, Willie Schubert. This book is bad. I don't really read it as bad. It I, is I, messy. I, I don't. It's messy and it makes no sense. I don't. I have read worse DC books with Deathstroke in them. Okay. I mean, that's true. I have as well. I mean, I I really don't read this as so bad. Tell me why this is terrible for you. Okay, I'm not. This is it's when I when I go into a Deathstroke book, I expect Liefeldian levels of just complete stupid uh, stupidity. That's the thing. I don't. I I I mean, I understand that's an expectation, but this rebirth, this Deathstroke mm-hmm. rebirth, is a way. You can just go wave away all that mm-hmm. in a moment, easily. Like, and the entire time I was thinking, like, they, I was reading this comic book, I was thinking about the current Black Widow comic book, mm-hmm. which they're not the same character, but they're both like, hey, badass assassin espionage mm-hmm. people. Like, they c- can do anything. They're not like, they're not Superman, but, you know, they use guns and they, you know, it's all that. And you think, I think, I've been, I've been reading all those Black Widows, and it's, it's a spectacular series. How could it not be? Yeah. How could it fail? I'm glad that we're reading this instead of that, though. I I will, and it's just, it's so simple. It's just a, those, that every single book is a, kind of a very simple thing. It has minimal dialogue. Uh, Wade lets the excellent artist Chris Somney do most of the work, and he makes them amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, this, and this, okay. Every, like I mentioned in the Blue Beetle Rebirth, that's when I go reading these one of these books, that's all I want from it is a quick picture of their status quo, what these, uh, you know, what the artist and writer are doing with this character, like what's their, what's their voice for this character, what is their, like the next, what is this character being doing for the next six to twelve issues? You know, what's the next arc, or the next, the overarching theme for this I know Deathstroke's in this comic book. Can you name any mm-hmm. character in this besides Deathstroke? I couldn't tell you a single thing that's happening in this book. I know! It Nothing is, about it makes sense. I, like, it's, like, it jumps back and forth between mm-hmm. all, tons of scenes. Oh, yeah. With so many characters that mm-hmm. I, I don't know any of these people. I'm not intimately familiar with the Deathstroke canon. Why? Mm-hmm. This is for new readers, assumedly, right? Yes, yes. 
I am completely confused. I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, we met our criticism of Blue Beetle. There, he had like what, five characters in that? I could, I knew what was happening. Yes. At, at the end of the day. This, there are, like, there's so much dialogue that is trying to explain the machinations of all these characters. Why is it so complicated? Why are you making Deathstroke complicated? It really is. Uh, there's a lot to be said for just doing as little as you can in an issue and doing it extraordinarily well. Because it really does not need to be too much. And like that scene where he's just like fighting a woman and then they have sex. What was happening? Why is this in this it's comic book? It's, it's his wife. I, but they're, and she's mad because she's a super secret agent and she, they won't let her go out and play. It made me think of the Venture Brothers. It is a little Venture <laughs> Bro-y. When Brock Safe is just fighting, uh, was it Molotov cocktees? Mm-hmm. Like, which, yeah. and that's an obvious joke. This is, and this, it's the same thing. And like, there's all these, he's like, who's this dude? Why does he, ha- why this dude, like, uh, Chris Christopherson's his, his buddy. For some mm-hmm. reason, and I wish Chris Christopherson was my buddy. Shit, <laughs> I know, but I just don't understand. I don't know what's happening in this comic book. It's just I, why can't it just I be like I, Deathstroke's trying to kill a guy? Like that is the simplest mm-hmm. idea. Like, hey, he's an assassin. Let's have him be an assassin instead of like, oh, he's there's like fifty people all like doing triple crosses in the in it's, a rebirth issue. We'll give him Captain TikTok to fight. I, what? I don't even know that guy's name. Uh, it's slow Mobius. He's just trying to show off his powers, bro. Rick and Morty reference. Yeah, I, nothing. No, I don't. I don't. If that was that from the first season or is that the second season? I think it was the end of the first season. I don't remember. I think it was the last episode. I've not watched them enough to. It's the big party episode. Oh, I've seen that one. Um, yeah, that's, that's slow Mobius. Okay. I don't remember. Um, yeah, TikTok man. Uh, TikTok man. He might as well be TikTok man. He has clocks all I'm over him. Call him. Call him TikTok man. I like that. It sure says TikTok a lot in this book. It does. Uh, I, I I don't know. It's just a mess. You said that like, it's just it's just so. It's just DC has the gall to put this out as a rebirth issue. I just don't understand. <laughs> Is this supposed to make new readers want to read this book more? I don't have an I don't have an answer to that. If I, I don't I I'm not gonna read any more of this. This this immediately just is like a giant flare shot up in the sky. Don't read this book ever again. It's just a mess of of bubbles, of speech bubbles. Hey, this book about a master assassin is filled with dialogue. That's what I want in my master assassin book. Lots of talking and explaining. Exposition. Sounds very exciting. I think I'm giving a lot of it a pass because I really like the way it's drawn, except for TikTok man, who's hideous. It, well, I'm not. It looks, it looks nice, but I can't get all and all that nice art covered up with mm-hmm. so much, so many dialogue, so much talking. I, I just can't. Do, do mm-hmm. not buy this. I, I, Deathstroke is one of those characters I'd love to have, like. A renaissance like hey he's not just that idiot idiot just uh trope of like hey really cool assassin guy he actually could be deep and have like i've read dustro comics that are good and this is not that where are you eric i'm right here no buy or do not buy uh, it's just 
buy it, but then throw it in the garbage and then ask for your money back. That, that's a do not buy. That is that is indeed a do not okay. buy. Okay, good. We're, we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I do not. I am not as I'm not as hateful. A do not buy. I think it just caught me. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a polite do not buy, I suppose. Um but I no, I can't in good conscience uh recommend this to anyone. So I'm kinda antsy about recommending any of the books this week. The the best one well we're about to review one of the better ones and we're about to you know, Black Monday was one the probably the best one this week. Mm-hmm. And it's even it's very esoteric. So, double do not buy on Deathstroke Rebirth, number one. <sighs> Who's going to sigh now? I'm not going to sigh about this book. There's, uh, We'll get uh, Morgan Freeman from uh, the Kevin Costner movie oh. to come sigh about this one. How about Dave Chappelle from the Mel Brooks? Yeah, from the Mel Brooks Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. That'd be perfect. A chew. A chew. A chew. I like Men in Tights. Uh, it a, it's a good movie. Mel Brooks didn't make a lot of bad movies. It was really good. Our final book of the week is Lake of Fire, number one, illustrated by Matt Smith, written, colored, and lettered by Nathan Fairburn. Um, Nathan Fairburn, I've known him mostly as a colorist, not as a, a writer at all. I don't. I, I'm not sure if he's written other things. Nothing I'm aware of. Uh, I looked at the solicitation for this book. And I saw, I'm like, well, it, it, the art I looked at looks nice. Mm-hmm. And I know Nathan Fairburn. I've followed him on Twitter and he seems like a smart guy. And I've seen a lot of recommendations on Twitter for this book. Like a lot of people saying, yeah, it's really good. You should read it. And I just was reading the thing. I'm like, oh, a alien spacecraft crashes in the past and past people have to deal with it. I'm like, I've read that story before. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what, how much I can expect from it just because. I kind of yeah. Well, you you know a lot of what's going to happen from the get go. Yeah, you know the, a, the, a, the the premise kind of spells itself. Well, the book that that already does this better, and it's got cute animal characters. Uh, why can't I think of the name of it? It was like Winnie the Pooh and World the World the War War of the Worlds. Jesus, War Horror of the Horrors. What? <laughs> what is what is this book I'm talking about? It's it's a. Uh... Oh, I, now you got my brain. You infected is, me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it's me that's made you stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. Oh, um, I own it. Why the hell don't I know the name of it? <laughs> Wild's End. Yep, that's right. Wild's End. Uh, two two arcs of that out. Both are very mm-hmm. very good. Um, this is that- it. This is a it, the same premise. It's just in like Crusader times. Mm-hmm. You know, Dark Ages. But I don't know it. I will say that the premise itself is not super original. Yeah. But they do execute it very competently. Like it is. I think, I think they do. And I think, I think it's a little bit too much wind up to get to something that in two sentences of the solicitation, you know what it's about. I like, I don't think you need anywhere near as much preamble to get to this point. I honestly kind of enjoyed the preamble more than like those animal the, cre- the alien creatures are not spoiler alert or they're not like sentient evil aliens or anything they are just wild monsters as far as we can tell mm-hmm. um i honestly liked 
I liked, I mean, the, again, the character stuff itself is kind of lots of like, hey, yes. the young uh, squire who is a knight too early, plus the drunken, the guy might as well just be called the hound. Uh, uh, you know, there's the, the inquisitor. Uh, you know, it's a, a lot of broad tropes of those, that, of medieval characters. But I don't know. I liked, like, they, they're, they're filled in their backstories. It, 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 along with the art, I feel like it was, it was more interesting to me than just them fighting. No, I get that. Monsters, but. Do we need four pages of them arguing whether they're old enough to be knights or not? Um. I say no. Mm. That really bored me. Okay. I'm like, this is, this is some real Deadwood, and it completely takes me out of the narrative. It slows the pace down. I mean, why not remove three of those four pages, maybe do one and a half? How much do you need? You could do two, you know? Two could be pushing it. You tell all you need to know about that. You don't really need all that nuance. Give me some more about the alcoholic guy. He's pretty good. Show me some fight scenes. Show me something compelling. I don't, I think that that is something about this book that bothers me is there's a, a lot of good moments and I think some solid character work in here. Like I think that all the characters are established pretty well and we, you know, we, we understand enough about each of them. You know, like that, 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 that's what's compelling to me. And I think that they, they end up dwelling on the wrong moments a little bit too much. So yeah, that would be my criticism of it. I I want the parts that are good expanded and the dead wood cut out, but I think it could occupy this space better. I mean, this is 47 pages, 46, 47 pages, this, counting the cover. That's a lot. Is this, I imagine this is a, a miniseries or something. Yeah, this okay. is a like a double size first issue. It's doing the, the Brian K. Vaughn thing. I, I, I don't, I don't know that I need that much. Just stuff that's not that compelling. I, I eat. I'm a buy straight up. Yeah, you buy. Meh. Is that? It what? is a good book. It is a good book, and it is one that you should probably support and read. I have my problems with it. I am not so anxious about these problems that I'm not confident about the buy here. Um, but they're problems, you know? I feel like the moving for excuse me, the book moving forward. Yeah. Probably is going to, I don't know. I, I, it, I generally like stories like this where it's a very small setting, you know? And that's what, you know, you're in this very, in a town with the locals and these new people and then the alien monster things. I think that will focus it well enough. Just the, the plot itself. Um, double by leg of fire. Number one. Whew. Comic books. Yeah. Make you feel things. Read them. Yeah. That too. You ready to move on, Eric? Yep. I'm moving on, bro. Our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to normally during the past week. But since it's been a three-week gap, we've got a lot to touch on. Right, Eric? Mm, I'll touch on you, buddy. Ooh, too far away. Eric, what have you been doing? What's been going on in the past three weeks? That's a good, good question. Have you heard of a little program called The Get Down? I have not. Really? 
not people have been talking about it and i recommend that uh, that you watch it like i think a, a fun thing to do would be to read um to read what the hell is it called hip hop family tree and watch the get down and have a discussion about the two of those things because they relate the get down is specifically about that like late 70s period of the bronx and it is produced slash directed by the um the guy that did moulin rouge do you know his name i do not know it baz lerman that sounds like a harry potter villain baz lerman did moulin rouge yeah, okay. Uh, I was thinking uh, of something else. Uh, you know, you're right. No, you're right. I was thinking of something else. Well, I mean, I typed director of Moulin Rouge into Yeah, Google no, yeah, no. I was, no, you, you, you're right. I'm, my brain was just some, another place. I was trying to, th- I was thinking the other, what's the other thing he did? I mean, it'll, it'll tell you. It's okay. You continue. Yes. Um, so it's set in this late seventies world of the Bronx and it's got, you know, all the hallmarks of that. You know, all the aesthetic of that. uh, I don't know. It it feels really good and also a little phony at the same time. Like, I really like it. Um, I think the cast is really good. And I think the music is really good. And even the writing is pretty on point. Like, I, I enjoyed it. But it's just, it's hard for me to put my finger on what it is about it that's just a little weird. Boz Lorman, his, his aesthetic, it was Great Gatsby was the thing I was thinking of, because that's okay. his most recent movie. Um, but even that, like that, and Moulin Rouge, and the Romeo and Juliet movie, I didn't mm-hmm. see Australia, but I, I, from just the images of the previews and the trailers I've seen of it, it seems like yeah. it has that very much like, it is a, I never forget that I'm watching a, mm-hmm. it's not like I am no, immersed it's, in it's, it, it's like a show. It's, no, exactly. It's bullshit hyper reality. It's like a big song and dance stage presentation of this. And I think maybe that's kind of part of what I don't like. It's this big phony thing about people who's, I, I, I don't know. It, it's making a big song and dance number out of stuff that's born out of par- poverty. Yeah. You know, like, cause that's kind of what hip hop was, is it was, it was shit born out of poverty. You know, people did these things because they couldn't afford to do it other ways, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, there aren't a lot of mainstream examples. This is on Netflix in case, uh, I didn't already say that. Okay. So anyone with a Netflix, um, should definitely be looking at this. I just, it, um, um... the, the pilot episode is like two hours and 10 minutes long. Oof. Yeah, it was like I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, this is going to end soon. Holy shit, it's not ending. <laughs> it was clearly he, he made a movie and they're like, well, just make a, make a, just make the series. It'll be good. So it, it's a little, it's a, it's a bit of a grind, but I do enjoy it. The music is very much on point. A little, a little too shiny and overproduced. Um, it doesn't really fit the era of music like perfectly. It feels like a, it feels like hip hop from a couple of years later. It's also was like partly produced by Grandmaster Flash, which is why he's uh, he's shown to be so um, 
uh, what's the word? I don't know. He's like otherworldly and godlike in this. It's it's really interesting. But I think you should give it a whirl. It's not so flawed that it's not worth watching. Like I was kind of thinking about it really deeply for several days after I watched it. But uh, I think I'd I'd rather just see a TV show based on Hip Hop Family Tree, which is the same thing but more real. Have you seen the uh, any of the, those trailers for Atlanta, the Donald new Donald Glover show? No, I have not. I uh, I did know that it existed. It's yeah, uh, that looks and, really and interesting. Got, and when it, I mean, it's that's set in modern day, but it's you know, it's yeah. Atlanta hip hop scene and him and his him trying to deal with his a cousin, I guess, who's becoming a, a popular and famous. And you know, okay, I, it looks really good. So that I can't imagine it being bad. It's got Don Glover in it, who's I love. He's great. You, um, you mentioned that there's not a lot of those shows. I think there's there's suddenly like there's uh, not enough. Yeah, there's, there's people a, are there's a few of them that are you know popping up, but they are yeah wildly disparate in kind of tone and theme. I think the success of things like Hamilton and what else was the isn't there some big show that people are watching that's got like a hip hop musical theme to uh, it? The, that's what I'm trying to think of. The it's a it's on Fox. It's a uh, is is Empire what I'm thinking yeah, of? Is that the right I, I thing? I believe that is the name of it. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know, dude. Hip hop's good. Well, it's the most popular music right now, well, and yet and yet there's I know so well, little. No one takes it seriously. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, that's the show I was thinking of. Empire. I I wonder if it is the most popular. I would imagine it's it sells the most. I was going to imagine sales wise. I imagine it's still adult. A, a, adult contemporary country music. Oh, that's true. That might sell more. And maybe also bubblegum. I don't know. It really depends on what you're lumping in with I, it. I mean, it's just, I mean, pop music in general has been, I guess recently has been, it's swayed back to mm-hmm. less hip hop and R&B influenced yeah. stuff. It's, it, it's turned into um, white Car- girls going, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen. Stuff like that. I listened to that album the other day. I don't understand why people. Everyone are so on Earth that... loves it. Yeah. What the fuck? This like, <laughs> okay, this is on. It's. I don't know. People. Some I, people I, really I, like pop music. I. Th- those. Those. Those people are not your friends. <laughs> I mean, no, they're not. <laughs> not really. No. They don't really have. I. I, I think like I'm too much of a snob about everything. Like, I think I legitimately didn't listen to hip-hop when I was younger for dumb, racist reasons, but I grew up in a dumb, racist place and then discovered that I really like hip-hop, but it's only the stuff that was more underground in its day. And it was it was like an underground thing when it was created, you know? Mm-hmm. It was made for dance clubs and things like that, but it was like a small musical scene that blew up. I don't know, and that stuff I still find good, and there's plenty of people still doing it really well, but I don't like bad pop interpretations of it. It's a dumb thing that I think of too much, so forgive me, that indulgence. You want to hear about drawing stuff? Yeah. I have two pieces that I have to actually, as soon as we're done, I'm going to finish up um, uh, for a new screen printed poster. Uh, for the artificial intelligence, it's spelled art O F F. You know, official. It's a bad pun. Art official intelligence. The Saint Pete Robot Exchange. 
show. A couple of my uh, St. Pete friends in the art scene put this on every year. It's the, like the fourth or fifth one. I can't even remember. You'd think I'd research this. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing a, a, a Soriyama sort of mashup pinup piece, and uh, I'm going to be getting it printed this week to uh, to have for the show. I'm really excited for it. This will be the fifth one. Fifth one. You Googled it, but I did not. You see who's the real professional here. The other thing that I'm super pumped up about is uh, a piece of my art is literally going to be in the ne- the next Copra. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, isn't it? Um, yeah, uh, Michelle Fife actually messaged me, and he said, you know, I, uh, we talked about this, and you know, I, no pressure or anything, but if you can if you can get this to me, I, I'd, I'd like you to have this before I have to fill the page with something else. And uh, I was like, well, damn, I really appreciate that. I think he did it after I'd said something like I wanted to get on the mailing list for, um, I don't know, he had like a Copra mailing list or something like that, you know. And he hit me up about that. I finished the drawing like last Wednesday or so, and it took me forever to scan it. He wanted it at like really, really, really super high res. 500 dpi or actually scanned it at 600 dpi and it's 11 by 17 that's a lot of pixels so many pixels so so many it's like 100 and 150 megs that's a big file that is anyway yes after some doing i finally got in the art file and we'll we'll see we'll uh get my silly artwork put in that book i'm, I'm pretty excited about it I could not sleep the the night before. I slept like shit the night I sent it to him. I'm like, oh god, he's gonna hate it. Oh god, it was. I was really freaking out. Slept fitfully, but that's all I got. That's all you got. That's all I got. I watched Rick and Morty over and over again. <laughs> it's, hence, it's 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 hence, insanity comforts me. Hence the Rick and Morty uh, reference. Yeah, wubba lubba dub dub. Yeah, yeah. So, Eric, Robin. I live in Canada now. Yeah, you do. I, my brain still can't accept that. It's a, it's a, it's a, I'm, my brain's still trying to get to accept that. Yeah, it's a whole different country. Have you traveled abroad before? No, this is the first time I've left the country. <laughs> and that's when I moved. That's when you left the country. Yeah. I've never. It's fucking funny. I never left the 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 great country of the United States of America before, and I have mm-hmm. now. The first time I've done that is when I've left it, mm-hmm. at least uh, at, for at least two years. How are the cats? I was. They're fine. Really they're fine now. That's amazing. <laughs> they're I, they're they're just like, hey, yeah, this is our house now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that you know it it was basically like when you moved into that house that you were in in Orlando that. <laughs> You know, the other two cats just sat in their boxes for about a day, and Smokey was just like, fuck you guys, and sat in the middle of both of them, just to let them know who the fuck was boss. The the, the cats were, were the, that and actually getting our work oh, yeah. pieces were the two big worries on the trip. Um, The cats were very loud Yeah. Uh, for, for the first couple hours every day, because we drove... We drove up there from like Orlando. Five days in the car, right? Four days. Four uh, days. Okay. Four days. Uh, but it's ten to twelve hours each day, except for the last day, which is like seven. Um, we uh, they were very noisy the first couple hours, but after that, they kind of just realized they weren't leaving their crates. 
uh, and they would just kind of went to sleep for the most part. Um, getting him into the carriers every morning. Smokey, in particular, mm-hmm. Smokey is a large, gray, fluffy cat. She is a pretty, pretty princess. Does not like things any way that isn't the way she wants them. So she was, I, I guarantee our neighbors who were probably heard the yowling mess that was the cat at 5 a.m. weren't very happy, but not much I could do about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, the border went rel- smoothly as I could hope. We got through pretty relatively easy and, uh, I would not, I don't think we're ever going to drive again. <laughs> <laughs> if I wouldn't recommend it. It's it's a it, we did it solely because there was three cats and only two of us, and driving up uh, driving them up was the the way we felt I, safest with them. That's what I was gonna say. Is I feel like it's lack of good options that led you to do that. because yeah, I, it's a really bad idea. I don't like uh, there. I'm there are services that will transport your pets internationally. Mm-hmm. I did not feel I did not trust any of them. And enough to give them my cats. Um, so I did it. We did it ourselves. The drive, we, we, Orlando, it was Orlando, then Tennessee, then Minneapolis, then Regina, Saskatchewan, and it is pronounced Regina. And then on the last day, we finally hit Edmonton. Um, the trip from Minneapolis to Edmonton, especially at Ed, uh, Minneapolis to Regina is the worst. It is the worst. <laughs> It is the, I've driven long stretches. I've driven 16 hours from Orlando to Austin, Texas, which is, you know, it's a, it's a rough stretch. I've driven up to Minneapolis before from, from Florida, uh, with one of the other Eric's, uh, and there are large stretches of Georgia and Illinois that are quite boring, but it's only three or four hours and then you're through them. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis to Regina is probably 10 hour drive, 12. We, that day was the longest day because that was the day we also crossed the border. That was multiple hours just kind of getting paperwork sorted at the border. I don't know how people live in North Dakota or in Saskatchewan for that, for that matter. Like there is just nothing like for miles. I don't, how do you go to a grocery store? Yeah. I grew up in a food desert. So it's just some people. I don't know that like they, prefer it that way there's there is this like sort of dichotomy of like how like rural people are scared of being in the city and being around lots of people and city people are ostensibly scared of rural people because they think they're going to get lynched by them (laughs) i i never felt like i was never i grew up in the woods i you know so i was not afraid of it i know the type of people just because they grew, they live in North Dakota does not mean they're that different than the people who grew up, who are my neighbors in the woods, who also just like, hey, I don't want to yeah. be near people. I like it I'm, alone. I'm, I'm right. I'm not saying I'm like this. I'm no. just saying that this is this is the 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 heuristic that people use to describe the. You know, I, I don't know. That, I that difference in those people. I like you grew up in a rural area. There was mm-hmm. you know fancy was going to Pizza Hut because it was twenty minute drive away. Yeah. Uh, and McDonald's though. That was fancy. Uh, I, now that I've lived in the city, I just can't driving. Like we would drive for hours and the, mm-hmm. the only place that would sell food were gas stations. Like there'd be yeah. like a little tiny sub shop in a gas station, not even subway, is, like a, just ex- a little sub shop. No, this is exactly what living in, um, Martinsville, Virginia was like. It was, uh, 
yeah, we literally ate at gas stations on our breaks, it, and and they were they were twenty minutes away. It was not fun. No, I and it was just like, and it's not that it wasn't pretty. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's very nice. Like, you know, lots of sky and lots of big fields that are look nice. But when you only see that for the stretch through North Dakota into Saskatchewan, is literally it is indistinguish, indistinguishable for for hours on end. There's just nothing out there, and it just is baffling. Like. We stop at a ga- like we stop at a place in North Dakota, and we're like, okay, well, the options are Burger King, McDonald's, and Arby's. Mm-hmm. Arby's, it is. Like, if, those, if those things weren't there, those people would starve to death. Yeah, there's. I I think I saw a Walmart at one point. I I know, like it was a weird thing to me. Um, like when we went to a local restaurant, like there were like two or three or something. Like, it was a weird thing. We just ate at chains. So, yeah. Yeah. There's also the local chain. I think that we had a local yes, chain. Yes, we had those. Was, I was like, okay, this place, it, it's like the in-between, between mm-hmm. the chain and the the, the one. It was, it was Whataburger, where I'm from, and everyone's obsessed with it. We had, we had an Italian place called Stavros. Italian-Greek. Italian-Greek. Yeah. My, they're the same. They are the same. In rural Florida, it might as well. They're the same place. <laughs> They're the same place. The Italian yeah, you, and Greece. You, you can get cannolis. That's all that matters. I'm not even sure if they had cannolis. They have like a Greek salad and, and calzones and pizza. Um, yeah. They put, they'll put red sauce on bread. It's fine. It actually, Savras is not terrible. It, like, it's, it's above like Olive Garden. Mm, I, I just, ugh. It's not great. It's not my first choice. Um, oh. but, we made it to Edmonton. I'm learning the way of Canada, the ways of Canada, me, trying their snack. We had all-dressed chips yesterday. Have you ever had all-dressed chips? No. Is that the ketchup chips that you have? No, ketchup chips are just ketchup chips. Uh, oh, okay. There's also chips called all-dressed chips, which we were also told are a Canadian thing. Uh, they are, as far as I can tell, what they mean by all-dressed is just ever all the seasonings mixed together. Mm. So it's, what comes through is basically barbecue, salt, and vinegar. As those as are I, those are three important tastes to me. Yeah, they were. It's not. They're not bad. I enjoyed it. I um, think I. I think I'm a secret Canadian, dude. Why you say that? I don't know. Like ketchup, ketchup chips. Chips. Yeah. yeah. Cold weather. It's yeah. It's in the fifties mm-hmm. right now. Right now. I kind of want to move to a place with a lot of women in sweaters. We're ju- like we are at the tail end of summer. Mm-hmm. It's about to just go straight to winter. Oh yeah, it, it, it falls hard. Apparently, falls hard. Ha <laughs> ha! Get it? Fall? Um, not really a pun. Not really. It's sort of there. Take it however you want. Yeah, we can we can s- slide that pun in. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things I'm learning about Canada. It's not, it's honestly not that different from the no. US. It, they strike me as a very. It's very similar. It it's it's. I, I imagine it's not even terribly different from like the the northern parts of the Midwest. Those are that's how I imagine them anyway. Yeah, it's kind of there. It's the it feels some very much are, like Midwestern right, some, sensibilities. Yeah, I, I some parts are Frenchier than others. We're not close to that part. Yeah, I know. We're we have the vast region of like I, Saskatchewan's in the middle of Canada, and it's the emptiest. Like Regina is the capital is has six hundred thousand people. I can't believe it's fucking called Regina. I I when my wife said that to me for the first time, I mean you mean Regina? She's like, No, it's Regina. 
I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would choose that, but all right. I really hope that there's like a lot of bad jokes about that. Like there's like you know like the they uh, they have a campaign like to get the trash off the street, so they're like we have to clean up Regina, you oh, know. I don't know. I we spent one night in Regina. It seemed like a, a very sad place. <laughs> I just <laughs> if I I don't know. I, I did not see a great portion of it. I you know I saw only a very small amount. Uh, it. It did not seem like a place I wanted to to spend a lot of time in. I mm-hmm. I we've gone out about a little bit here at Edmonton. It seems like a ni- very nice place. Yeah, you don't look like you spent a lot of time in Regina. Boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, we'll, we will. I will stop talking about Canada. We I, I might as well throw my hat in the ring and let my opinion known about No Man's Sky, which has hit has for a, a video game controversy. I guess it is gotten up there yeah. recently uh, speaking of endless wandering no man's sky it's basically the same thing it kind of is it's there's more planets than there are stuff in canada but uh no man's sky is for those who don't know about no man's sky it is a video game that was promised if it's procedurally generated universe 18 tr- trillion 18 more than that, 18, uh, many, many planets. So many, you can't possibly, you don't have enough time to see everything. Uh, and you will, there's not much story in this game. It is very much like, hey, you start off on a planet, you start off on a random planet, you, your ship is broken, uh, you harvest mine stuff from the planet, like elements, carbon, and, and, uh, Trying to think the other, I knew gold's in there, but there's uh, other elements that you put in your inventory and then you fix up your ship. And then you, then to go places, you have to make, still do that to get more fuel. And then you upgrade your stuff so you can put more stuff in your inventory. You know, it's just an endless, you learn your, there's three, these three alien races, you're learning their language as you go. Like you will find a place that has one of their words and you found out the word that is like angry. So when you talk to an alien, the alien will say a whole bunch of gibberish and then the word angry somewhere in there and you got to figure out through context clues what the heck it's talking about. Uh, you trade, you can sell stuff, you can up, get a better ship, make it bigger. Uh, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's, this is the complaint, like of all, you go on all these different planets, but the things you find on each planet are roughly the same thing. You know, there's like an 18 different things you can find and you're not going to get a big variety of them. You know, it's like, hey, this is a trading post. It's very much like the trading post you sound, found on the last planet. You know, it it is repetitive to a certain extent. It is also very like there's n- weird ass animals on some planets. Some animal, some planets are like uninhabited. They're just like stone. There's big rocks, mm-hmm. and there's other planets that are lush and green and have weird ass animals, like giant flying snakes or like giraffes with like the head of a scorpion like it's just weird like what you get when you get procedurally generated everything um it i don't know it's not a i I think a lot of people put it it's best as a game like if you want to put a tv show on on your second screen or listen to a podcast it is really good for that because you're just kind of wandering around there's not a lot of danger you will get attacked very occasionally by these sentinel robots that are kind of like the police force or by I think I've been attacked twice by animals over like 30 planets. So, but it's not, they're not much of a threat. You can always just jetpack away from them. It's, it struck me as kind of like Skyrim without the story. Yeah. It's, it, it has that, it's that open world 
gibberish, crazy stuff it, going on. Yeah, it's it's very much that Bethesda, uh, a very broad mm-hmm. world that's very shallow. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of depth in any one place, yes. but you can ex- you can explore basically forever in this game. There's, you know, the, the, there's el- a lot of it is because there have to be they can't strand you on a planet because then you would you are done. So they have to have the elements that are essential to survival on every single planet. And then the, there's a various handful of other ones that are going to be special to certain places. Um, and you can also trade for them. And you can use these to upgrade certain things. You can upgrade and each take inventory. It's, you know, it's just, it's just inventory management. There's a lot of inventory management. If you don't like inventory management, you're not going to like this game, despite all the exploration. It's like exploration and inventory management. That is this game. Uh, Minecraft kind of. Yeah, there's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's not as much building as there is in Minecraft. You don't build, mm-hmm. you, there's certainly terraforming. You're not building structures, but you're crafting things. You're crafting elements. You're like yeah. mixing elements together. You build a new element, a new, like a fuel rod, and then you use that fuel rod and another thing to make another, a warp cell so you can warp to another planet. You're, uh, theoretically, you're trying to get to the center of the universe. Um, but for the most part, most of my fun is just kind of like, hey, I'm just going to jet around and, Look at this planet. If it's a nice planet, I spend more time there. If it's an awful mm-hmm. planet that has acid rain, I jump out, I look around, I'm like, I don't need to stay here and move on to the next one. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't, Fundamentally, I think those ideas appeal to me, but I think, you, I don't know, you expect too much. Is that what people wanted? Was there too much hype about it? That's my two cents. There's a lot of anger. So much. One, you should not ever get this angry about a video game. Ever. There is, I don't care, like it did not, you, at most you spent $60 on it, and you could get a refund through Steam or through where, like, I don't know why the people are so vehemently angry that this game isn't, like, the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's been, like, there's a lot of talk about the creator promising all these things. It's a small team. I, I think he's just trying to, like, not, I don't, He's just trying to sell it. Like, I don't know. Like, they don't, they don't have a, they didn't have a, even with their partnership with PlayStation, I don't think they had a huge marketing budget. Uh, I imagine it's just him trying to sell the game. And I know it's done fairly well. There's a lot of, I don't, people are also angry that suddenly it's being returned or that people are not playing it as much. I'm like, why are you so happy that this game is suddenly not doing as well? Like, I don't understand that either. The internet's full of shit. Like, this mean schadenfreude like oh oh yeah i'm i've enjoyed i played i played like 20 30 hours of it i've enjoyed those hours i i wasn't going in expecting a whole bunch and i've my expectations were basically met it's gonna they're gonna be continue to work on it they're gonna add things they're adding base building they're adding bigger ships like it's will be a game i will come back and like hey i just want to spend two hours i want to listen to a podcast just kind of want to like wander around and look at pretty pictures like jetpack around to like a, a planet and like Maybe sell some gold or something. Uh, that's what I'll play. You know, it's it's for just kind of wandless, aiming, relaxing game. It's not it's not action packed. And if you don't want that in a game, if you want like mind like tons of shooting and combat and like a meaningful, it's there's no meaningful story. It is like there's just mechanic like just wandering. That is it. I don't know. That's what I was expecting. That's what I got. I think I think having the correct expectation. Not not it being like I want the Messiah in video game form. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's fun. I don't know. I it I would 
I don't know. If that sounds great to you for $60 and buy it for $60, then we'll wait for it on discount. It'll eventually drop down in price. Get it then. And they're still working on it. They're adding things. So I don't know. That's all I got. There's other stuff I've done, but we'll save it. It's been three weeks. Watched, I watched Tombstone. Cool. It's a good movie. Where's the, where's the Rick and Morty and Tombstone mashup? I'm sure there's, if not... People, people will mash up anything. They will. Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp and mm-hmm. Rick and Morty just hanging out. Okay. You ready to talk about some Darwin Cook? Uh, but of course. Cool. We will move on to our next segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show when Eric and I will sign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. And just the only thing different is that it's a comic book. Hey, unless you have a book club that's about comic books, in which case it's the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, it's a completely original concept. No one has ever done this before. Or ever oh, will again. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. No one has ever no one has ever done, like, hey, let's all read the same thing at the same time and talk about it. This week, we are reading The New Frontier by Darwin Cook. Late, great Darwin Cook. I can't talk. Eric, it help. It is really. No. No, no helping. I can, I can only do my own part of the talking. I guess that's true. Uh, yes, written and drawn by Darwin Cook with uh, colors by Dave Stewart. New Frontier is, I'm, I'm trying to like piece together like all the things it is. I feel like I can encapsulate it pretty good. Okay, go for it. This is, it's both like sort of Darwin Cook's attempt to kind of do his own version of Kingdom Come. Because it's got its own Kingdom Come style conflict. It's got that undercurrent of let's stop the heroes or let's change this or here's the march of change or any mm-hmm. of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's also he's kind of building his own version of the DC universe, even more rooted in nostalgia. So that's that that's kind of what this book is to me. Yeah, I I would also add. It's similar to what you said about Kingdom Come. It it is mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like the Watchmen esque yes real life politics going mm-hmm. on. Which I is, think that it's yeah, it's very the big blocks of prose. Yeah, there's a lot of it, uh, and it, it it's a it's a strange thing because I I don't even know where to like it is a basically through the 40s and 50s him like tr- reimagining the heroes to a certain extent told with more kind of political context and societal mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. But in some ways he hews very closely to their original, like Green Lantern in this chrono- in chronology in this comic is in 1959. He first appears, which is when the first Green Lantern comic book was published in re- in all in real life. Mm-hmm. And it, like a lot, all these heroes kind of are hewn to the same timeline yeah. as our world is just he does not stick to their continuity per se. Even though mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it feels like it's just like, hey, like I want to very much like purify yeah. everything. Like make everything, yes. the, distill, distill everything down to like its purest essence of what these characters are. Mm-hmm. It's it's his kind of leave it to beaver sanitized 50s and 60s version of the DC universe. Did you... 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I should like this more. I like it. I'm not, I'll say that. I know. I like it. I yeah. feel like I should like it more than I do. I kind of agree with you. And it's not that it's bad. It's just not that it's, it's just not incredible. I think the story is competent. It doesn't live up to the brilliance of the artwork, which is fine. You know, it's yeah. it's not bad and it's fun that it exists, but it is it's it's just nostalgia. It's basically it's six issues that are like double issues. They're more so it's than basically, double. They're like triple. Well, I was getting like forty five. Oh, I don't know. I just looked at. Well, I didn't really keep track until you're I, right. The ones there, I this looked. one's this one's sixty six. So it is. So this is like three trades basically. This is three they, trades of nostalgia. They've collected it in two. Yeah. And then there's an absolute edition and a deluxe edition, which is like I think one giant book. Um I will I will say six issues for three dollars each on Comicsology, that is a steal. I Holy bought, shit. I bought them for a dollar each. That's like that's insane. No, it was on sale. Um yeah. it, and I this figured was, it was on sale because it was less. Yeah, I, I was I figured I, I, that part out. This was published in two thousand and four. Yeah. Do you th- keeping in that does that change anything in your head like thinking oh it was actually you know 2004 when the comics industry was different when did kingdom come come out i mean i do feel like we were probably closer to that era of alex ross and kingdom come 96 yeah i was gonna say i mean it's closer but it was still kind of been there done that at that point i i feel Um, like i don't I, i i think this is subtler than kingdom come and I, I like it more than Kingdom Come. Um, I At don't least... know that I. I don't know that I do. Um, okay. And I. I know you like the Kingdom Come. You like the art better, don't you? This, yes, I. I Darwin Cook is. Um, this is as basically as good as it can get in comics. It's an interesting thing um, about Darwin Cook is reading this. I can see two huge influences in um, uh, Eisner and Wally Wood. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think he draws as good as either one, but I think I actually prefer his artwork to both, which is weird. Like, I think the really Wally Woody stuff, Wally Wood does better. And I think the really, um, the real Will Eisner-y stuff, Will Eisner does better, but... He kind of takes both of those things and does them so well together that I do think I prefer this to either one. Did you ask me a specific question? No, I don't think so. I, I think I, you were com- we were comparing with, to Kingdom Come. I just, I Kingdom feel like Come. I feel like Kingdom Come is a little bit more over the top about how it's like look at these modern superheroes and yeah. look at this guy. He's in bondage gear. What is this and and stuff like like I that's the thing that always stands out to me in reading Kingdom Come is like very much like the old superheroes look at these clean lines and the new superheroes their costumes are terrible. I'm like, well, that's I mean that's true, but uh, for for at well, least I, in, in the context in, of in, that time, it, yes, I yeah. I think that Kingdom Come is better in a couple of ways, and that at least Kingdom Come was saying something. This really isn't saying anything. It also has a worse shape to the story kingdom come really starts out with its um it lays it it lays everything out for you in terms of like these are the rules of the story this is what's happening these are the stakes 
You know, this is what's going on. This builds really slowly and then turns into Independence Day at the end. It does turn into Independence Day. Yeah. And I don't hate it for that. Independence I, I, Day I mean, is no longer an American holiday. It's yeah, it's it's the it's a world holiday. It's a DC holiday. Yeah, exactly. Um I I don't hate it for that, but it is not as well a told story. Um I do think that Kingdom Come at one point had a bigger impact on me than this ever has. I mean, I do think had I had this comic, even when it came out, I would have been so blown away by how great it looks. Um, uh, maybe it's just, I like, I do definitely prefer Cook's art to yeah. Alex Ross, even though I'm not, I, I think you are a larger critic of Ross than I am. And I still like right. this way more yes. than Alex Ross. Well, and the th- go ahead and finish. I was going to say, like, I think, all your criticisms about this, the shape of this story are, are true. Like it is very like, it, it feels very much like, um, the right stuff. Have you seen that? No, the, it's like, especially the stuff with how Jordan, uh, like it, the right stuff is like a super long movie about, uh, the early space program. Like it starts mm-hmm. in about like these test pilots, like the jet fighter pilots who like are doing like, can we break the sound barrier? You know, how fast can we go? And that, that it segues into these people becoming the first astronauts, which is also, it's like I said, very long, very slow movie. I honestly, the biggest criticism I have of this story is the villain, which is mm-hmm. like, just could be like, it's just like an amorphous blob that yeah. makes people angry and sad. Uh, it, it's just, I kind of wish there wasn't a villain. Like, I, I understand they have to have something to, like, be, like, I, I don't know. I, I real I actually like the slow story. Just be, what, I think his art, because it's so beautiful, it makes that m- much more digestible to me. Yes, it's absolutely true that you don't mind being in a world where you just dick around. It's, it, this, this, this comic is like Firewatch. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, very nice like it's so good looking you're just like oh well yes Hal Jordan is taking I I don't really you know Hal Jordan's not not one of the characters I probably care the least about in the Justice League but yeah I'm just I don't mind it because I get to look at this pretty place and Mm -hmm. the walking tour of the DC universe yeah you know and hey hey, Superman and Wonder Woman hanging out uh my favorite parts of this are the Martian Manhunter stuff he's a great character yeah that no one takes seriously enough i don't know like i i I don't know i've i've dipped my toe into the new martian manhunter series which was supposedly good but what i've read of it i wasn't too impressed by it but uh he like it is that alien perspective on the Mm -hmm. world that's intelligent and empathetic and he contrasts really well with superman because you know, he is a visitor from another world, cares very much about this, the people in this new world, very has empathy for suffering and, and hardship, but, you know, he could look like anything and he's telepathic, you know, so there's even more empathy than Superman theoretically would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't look like Clark Kent. He doesn't look, you know, he's not, he can look like that, but he doesn't really, his true form is not attractive. He looks like it's an alien, mo- yeah, it looks like an alien monster. And, you know, 
I that's the clearest kind of Watchmen comparison I draw is it like it just feels very much like the Doctor Manhattan segments. Yeah, of he even looks in that suit. He looks just like Doctor Manhattan, which the first thing I thought of. I mean, it's my favorite part of Watchmen. So another doing it in the DC universe with a DC character is interesting. But plus, like. He does really fun stuff with it, by having him be that k- kind of hard-boiled detective character that he just learns from watching television and, and, he, and movies. He, and he he curses like a, a, a 50s sitcom. Yeah. Blazes! Blazes! It's it's really, really good. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of me enjoying this is just comes down to Cook's art is so good. It's... It's pretty bananas how good it is. Um, that like that Art Deco style. Mm-hmm. It I don't know. He does it really well, and it I don't care that the story is unevenly paced. Like it feels very much like that last issue it suddenly throws a lot in. <laughs> like there's suddenly like hey, there's like ten new people. We spent like 150 pages on Hal Jordan, and here's like eight pages about these people that all show up at the very last fight mm-hmm. like the Adam, he just, he's just there. He was like in a, like a, uh, like a little bit of blurb somewhere. And suddenly the Adam shows up and saves the day with his pat, with his, his shrinking stuff. What was I going to say? Oh, the other, okay. Aside from the villain, what are your thoughts on the John Henry stuff? I was gonna say the 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 race stuff. Yeah, I don't mind that it's in there. I, um, but it does feel a little weird because this book isn't about race. It's just I don't know. He had that line, "God help you if you were black." That I guess like it's kind of his attempt to be like, "Well, let's look at this time period." But yeah, a bunch of fucked up shit happened. Like it's not perfect and idyllic, but like. Everything else is perfect and idyllic. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's very like tonally dissonant. Mm-hmm. It's very much like, hey, look at all these superheroes. They're all white. Yeah, they're it's... they're. I do think that that is a a positive thing about the push for more diversity in comics. I can't tell these motherfuckers apart. Goddamn, all white people look alike. They, well, you, all you gotta do is just have the guy with the S hair. That's Superman. Uh, they the, all fucking have the same haircut. Yeah, well, that's, there's a there are mul- multiple moments in that whenever they're doing like all the pilots are yeah. all together. I'm like, who's who? Like, there's like they uh, no, they literally had those two dudes with pipes that looked like exactly the same dude. And I don't know, like the like, but that you're right. The idyllic stuff is like, hey, it's this whole, but suddenly you're having steel basically show up but he's it's you know the 40s uh and he gets brutally think, brutally that's murdered the thing. i think i think that's supposed to be steel's dad or grandfather yeah something like that because that's like yeah that's him reading the book looking at his grave getting it, mad about it's, the, the the water fountain yeah it's just weird because everything else in this book mm-hmm. is white bread golden age dc yeah and then suddenly there's these like little tiny bits where it's telling has that it has like even it's even has the song but different lyrics sort of 
Yeah, there's there's some stuff that I didn't know what the hell. Yeah, John Henry's steel driving man, like him fighting Klansmen. I'm like I I appreciate I, I think I appreciate the sentiment there that Darren McQuick wants to at least highlight that yes he's aware that the world well, Superman was, fought the Klan. That's that's true. I don't know, it's but not, it's not that much of a stretch. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it, it's, it's a tough position he's in because if he wants to talk about how, what life is like for a large percentage of Americans, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the story is not about, you know, any of that. It's about this giant sea monster thing, like, I don't know, that wants to leave Earth. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, I wish if they wanted to, I wish those things were more connected, I guess, you know? Like, you have that giant sea monster thing. It, they vaguely hint at it. Like, yeah, it brings, like, sentiment and unease and anger out on people. And they end up rioting and becoming a mob. And, you know, but it's uh, still, it's just like this amorphous blob creature that spits out dinosaurs. Yeah. It's it's a strange thing. I I kind of, I mean, just have it a guy. I don't know why. I guess the big monster thing is easier to, like... Everyone definitely wants to kill the big monster thing. That's it's it's obviously not a good guy. I I don't know I don't I don't know how you do a, this story without having some like thing that is a big thing MacGuffin you can kill at the end. And I, what's with the the cultists? Why what's why are they they worship this thing? Where what happened to them? The cultists? Yeah, the like the the book thing. Yeah, the book thing. I mean. They're cultists. Do you really need to keep caring about them? I guess not. They're fine. I mean, it's it's dumb. Yeah. I was just curious if like, but there's the human. I I kind of that's I think that they are the connection between the big monster and human unease and 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 human kind of humans acting terribly towards other humans and racism and all that. Like if they wanted to connect those things, you could easily have, Hey, maybe some of the leaders of the world are these, they have connections. Like, I don't know. You could, that's just me. Armchair, armchair comic booking. Mm-hmm. I really like of all the characters in this, aside from Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman. She's a very sort of toothless Wonder Woman. I, I, that's the thing. Like I like her at the end, right at the end. I'm like, and she's fighting. reading to a bunch of kids. No, not that. The fighting the monsters when she's what that was a okay, Eric. Uh-huh. In, the invisible jet. Yeah, they they brought the invisible jet filled with she's, blood. She's squatting in the air, and there's blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. I'm just like, ooh, eh. I don't know. I don't. I, never, I don't understand why that would still be canon because it was just a way for her to fly, but she can just fucking fly now. I feel like they've, I think Cook maybe thought that that'd be really powerful image is just seeing this blood kind of pooling, floating mm-hmm. in the air. I just couldn't get past the fact, oh, it's Invisible Jet. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. You just have her fly up and collapse. I don't, this, the blood thing. This made me think that Aquaman should just be Doctor Strange. That Aquaman should just be Doctor Strange. You know what I mean? Or Silver Surfer. Like, they should, he should be one of those characters that is, like, I don't know. He's just the, the wanderer protecting us from the things that we don't know about. Yeah, exactly. I could get into that. That's, uh, like, we all. This is a fucking cool Aquaman, too. He looks really good. He he does. He looks cool as shit. 
he just shows up and he's like, well, I'm carrying Superman. You guys basically suck. Hey, yeah, this guy, I saved him. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I just saved the strongest thing ever. I'm pretty fucking cool, right, guys? Hey, God was drowning. I stopped it. <laughs> God was drowning. <laughs> I saved God from drowning. Thank, thank you and you're welcome. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, that's what I like. I was just reading. I'm like thinking, I'm like, they should just, that's what they should do with Aquaman. Like, stop mm-hmm. making him like, I, they keep doing this like royal thing and nobility thing and power plays and yeah, just have him be like a weird, uh, like a weird otherworldly guy and have him have to fight unseen creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be fair, they've also struggled with what to do with, um, Silver Surfer and Doctor Strange for yeah. a long time. That's true. They, I think the new, those, both those books, kind of the the current Silver Surfer and current Doctor Strange books, know what they're doing. No, they. I wish I was still reading them. Um, did you ever read that uh, that theory or watch that video where they talked about how they were using primary colors because of the CMYK printing system? They were using the primary colors on all the superheroes, and by the time they got to Aquaman, the only color left was orange. No. And, and well, that people basically did not like Aquaman because he was orange, and it's, like, the most unpopular color. It makes sense. Yeah. So people just don't like him because he's orange. Just change his colors. Well, they didn't. They, they colored him like Jason Momoa, and... And every woman alive gushed their panties when they saw him, like, drink stuff. I never understood that. Jason Momoa? Yeah. They like him. Well, I know that, but, like, it's just a, it's like a two-second clip of him drinking out of a water bottle, and then there's a tidal wave. Mm. And, like, seriously, like, all the women on my, my, uh, my friends list are just like, oh, my God, that, that gif. That's the best thing ever. Oh, my God. And I'm like, women are really turned on by the weirdest, most random things. He's he's a handsome boy. He is a good looking man. I will not deny it. I I saw that video of him. Um, he had like uh, dumbbells in his hands, you know, mm-hmm. and he was like walking around on the floor with his hands. He was like in a plank position walking around the floor with those things. Um, and you would think people would be sharing that gif because he looked fucking awesome and that looked really hard, but no, he's drinking water and everyone loses their minds. It's important to be hydrated. I guess so. Why are we talking about Jason Momoa again? Because he's fucking Aquaman. Okay. That's true. (laughs) I mean, he is, he's fucking Aquaman related. He's fucking Aquaman. He's fucking Aquaman. Aquaman's a very lucky man. He is. You're a dumb bastard. <laughs> I apologize. I can't help it. This Aquaman looks like Rusty Venture's dad. Yeah. A lot of, I mean. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, they draw from the same material. Mm-hmm. They drink from the same well. They do. How, I think this is sort of related to the racism thing, but the government and controlling and stuff i don't know that felt relatively weak here what do you mean (laughs) do you mean the watchman stuff yeah basically the the, yeah it was not really that critical to the story was it i mean it was brought up barely but 
everyone was like, we don't give a shit. This isn't important to us. I think my favorite things about it were the space race themes. Yeah. I think that's the only thing about this that's really unique to this, is putting it in the context of space race America, which actually is uh, uh, um, not important, not impressive. What word am I looking for? Interesting. That's a stupid word to lose. (laughs) It actually is interesting to me. Um, it's like the Iron Giant. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it certainly. Was all talking about Sputniks. Yeah, and and the, the Red Scare and mm-hmm. all that McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like it's all that stuff is just around the edges of this story. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I again, it doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. Darwin Cook's art. Yeah, it, you get a lot of passes for it. Darwin Cook could uh, could have drawn that uh, that Deathstroke comic. I would just say like, oh well, just edit out the speech bubbles. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell my own story. Yeah, make up my own. Do you think he got the voices right for these characters? I don't know. They all feel kind of samey. They just say roughly the same thing, and it's just contextually whatever works for the plot. Um, I feel like their, Superman's their a little phrases. Superman's a little too dumb for my tastes. Mm. I of course, if he's not that dumb, then the problems kind of he doesn't read as overly dumb to me. But it, he's he's a he is a a, a slightly declawed Superman. It, well, I mean that the Golden Age Superman was weaker. Yeah, he was not. He was not just the god that is that was Superman for a long time. Right. Where he could just like, hey, I put the earth on my shoulders and then I carried it back into the orbit. Like that kind of thing. You know, he could be hurt. I don't know. He, he just is like Wonder Woman trying to explain how politics work to him at some point. I'm just like, come on. Come on, Soups. You got this. You don't need Wonder Woman to explain this to you, do you? Is that complicated? She's like, hey, Vietnam, I, Vietnam was like all these things I've seen in, in, in Asia where you got me doing secret stuff is bad. Shouldn't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Superman's like, no, it's all right. We need, it's okay. You gotta help America. So one of them's like, you gotta feel feel feelings and and like these people are got it bad. You know, you gotta think about that stuff. No, it's okay. I don't like it, but you know, I'm working in the flawed system. Gotta do my best. That's what Superman sounds like. If you didn't know, I was gonna say that was an amazing Christopher Reeve impression. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fight that monster. Today's our Independence Day. Let's go. I ho silver. That's Superman, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like it mostly got them right. You know, I feel like it, the, mm-hmm. the sentiment is there. They're the Batman and the Superman and the is is Batman at the end of the story at all? I didn't. I don't remember seeing. He is. He stands there. Okay. I was just like when they're when they're all looking at the sunset, he's standing there. I I was just like you see Wonder Woman and Manhunter fly in like to fight the monster at the end mm-hmm. while the Flash is doing his thing. I guess Green Lantern's Green Lantern's inside the monster, but I don't see Bat. I guess Batman can't. He doesn't have a a, a super Batman jet yet. He can't do that. They should have had Batman just be a <laughs> make him a fighter pilot too. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be a fighter pilot. It seemed like half the cast of this comic yeah. book were fighter pilots. I know. I mean, that's that. That's the real reason 
that Wonder Woman is in that invisible jet. Because <laughs> they wanted Darwin Cook wanted everyone to be a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised Martian Manhunter didn't morph into one. He's just gonna turn into a jet. Yeah. It's gonna be like uh it's gonna be like that car in the Hanna Barbera cartoon. He's gonna be like Superman's gonna climb into him like, well, this takes me back to my fighter pilot days. Martian Manhunter. There's like, oh, watch your feet there, Clark. Is that what Manhunter, Martian Manhunter sounds like? Well, when you turn into a car, that's what you sound he's like. A, but he's a fighter plane. Well, but, well, it's the same thing, right? A car and a fighter jet. He makes noises like a car. <laughs> I don't know, Belle. What are you doing? Why? Oh. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Manhunter. I'm gonna fly you. <laughs> Let's go. Oh God! Do you have missiles? <laughs> he'll just he'll just tear off what his arm morphed into and throw them at someone. Superman jumps out, picks up him, and throws him at the. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I really, I really like this. I I really like looking at Darwin Cook's art. I think is the thing I've taken away from this. Yeah, I I think that right now I like this better than kingdom come but it's because kingdom come had a big impact on me because it was really important for those moments you know it was really important to me as a younger person and it kind of didn't age well with me that this i just sort of appreciate it for what it is i mean maybe the moment for this is because it's we're a couple of months out of darwin cook's death that's correct right that Mm. happened this year yes yeah um may in may um i don't know this was at least from a storytelling perspective not that ambitious probably from a a pure comic art perspective it's pretty ambitious quite possibly as ambitious as um kingdom come was but i don't think it's important in the overall like spectrum of comics it's not a watchman it's not a kingdom come even though I like it more than Kingdom Come. But, like, I do remember those moments of those highs and lows, like those feelings that I felt for Kingdom Come. And this will never give me that. It's it's just one thing. It's flat. It's gorgeous artwork. It doesn't really provoke any kind of emotional response. And it, I can't go back at it and remember what I was feeling at that moment. I can't remember the intense feeling. The way that I did with Kingdom Come, if that makes sense, it makes sense. There's, you know, I mean, I, I, I like this more than Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. I don't have those. Like I came to Kingdom Come much later, so yeah. I don't, I don't really have that time and place of feeling and reading it. I, I don't know. I, I, I think this story is probably is probably told better in Kingdom Come. It has Mark Wade writing mm-hmm. it, um, but. I, 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 Darwin Cook, Darwin Cook's art, so pretty, I don't care yeah. that much that it's uneven and slow. I don't, it, you know, it, it, it still works for me. And it's not even that he's not a bad writer. No, no, it's, it's, it's certainly not it's, terrible. It's not bad, incompetency, yeah. but it's not, he's not just like bubbling over with competency. You know, it's not, I don't know, he's not a superhuman writer. The way that we're we have become accustomed to, 
I would still, if you have not read this, I would certainly mm-hmm. heartily suggest it. It is a good introduction to, I think, Darwin Cook as as well, like his sensibility as an artist. Anything else you want to talk about, Eric? Mm-mm. So, folks, that is the uh, that, that wraps up our discussion on the New Frontier by Darwin Cook. We will be taking next week off, Labor Day weekend off. Eric will be in New York. New York City! Get a rope. Thank you. Uh, and so we will not be recording, but the week after, we will, we will be recording. We'll be discussing Southern Bastards once again, revisiting Southern Bastards, uh, focusing on volumes two and three. Um, I assume we'll, all of it will, will of course come up, but that's the new stuff. Uh, so read along with us. That will wrap up this episode of the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. On iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, any of those places, if you like the show, we'd really appreciate a five-star review, a subscription, any a like, a favorite, whatever. However they work, your podcatcher app works. We really appreciate any attention you can bring to the show, telling a friend. Also, very awesome. What if they it? have a rainbow heart button, push that. Push that as us. Yes, exactly. You can find uh let's see, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the handsome handsome boys comics hour, Twitter at HBC Hour, and you can email us handsome boys comics at gmail.com. Reach out to us in any of those places and uh tell us what you feel. We love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Mixmaster Serial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Oh, hot damn. You can look at my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see most of the things I get up to online at ericzgoodnight.com. Uh, that includes my Instagram, where I am known as easygoodnight, and my Twitter, where I am at MrBadExample. What, where, where can we find your YouTube channel where you curse at Photoshop? I did make that channel. I don't know that I want to be known as that guy. <laughs> Did you see the logo that I made? Yeah, I like it. It's good. It's well, it's the it's the Photoshop logo with GD in it. I understand that you could do. I'm just saying that's a good idea, and you probably would. I it, know it's the good idea, but I mean, is it really on brand? I don't necessarily want to be. It doesn't have to be. There's well, that's the thing. There's it. I know if I start a channel where I live stream my art, I'm gonna cuss a bunch. But do I really want to be that guy? I mean, and that's, that's what Eric, I'm kind of wrestling Eric, with. Eric, that's you. I know that. Artist, I don't necessarily want to brand myself as that. The artist that cusses a bunch is you. Blech, blech. I'm, I'm, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. <laughs> My message is spread pretty thin as is. Okay. I'm Mr. Bad Example. I'm Easy Good Night. I'm all these different things. I don't know. I would watch it. I'm just telling you. I would personally I know, enjoy I, it. I know, I know a lot of people would. See? Get those YouTube monies. Uh, Get them we'll, we'll, dollars. Dollar, dollar uh, bills. Yeah, I'll make $2 a year. That'll be great. Hey, we'll you can make up to goes, six. Guys. We will see how it goes. Okay. I'm going to keep guilting him until he does it. I'm pester. Guilt your face into the face. Ooh, those words. <laughs> Sting. Mm. Be careful. That's called a kiss, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. When faces touch. That is uh, often. I think it's when lips touch is a kiss. It's part of your face. Lips touch something else is a kiss. It's it's, it's one of the more important parts of the face. If, Second I, most if I rub cheeks with eyes. you, if I rub cheeks with you, that is not a kiss. It's an Eskimo kiss. That's nose to nose. <laughs> it's a Dutch kiss. 
We're not going to talk about Dutch kisses here. That's that's unseemly. You're in you're in the frozen north. <laughs> My brother said you move north of the wall. <laughs> I laughed at that for the longest time. Out here with the wildlings. Yeah. <laughs> with the Tim Hortons. Tormoon Giants Bane just walked by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got giants and moose and... He was eating the moose. Lumberjack. He was riding a moose, eating moose. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why that moose was cool with him eating parts of another moose, but whatever. It was even his... It it used to be his friend. He's like, I guess it's not me. (laughs) Uh, So, with that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. (laughs) Oh my god, what the fuck?